Hello, my praying people. You are listening to the Prayer Clinic Podcast, and I'm Leanne McCoy, your host. On this podcast, we're going to unpack the mystery of prayer. Along the way, your faith will be strengthened and your relationship with Christ will be taken to new levels. Prayer is the most powerful tool we have as believers, but far too few of us know where to even begin in exercising and using this powerful tool. Let's take this journey together and experience what happens when we pray. Hello, my praying people. I am so excited to do today's podcast with you because I have my good friend and partner in ministry, Heather Smith, joining us. Heather is the um, director of our prayer clinic at Thompson Station Church. And so not only that, though, she is partnering with me greatly in our ambitious um goal of mobilizing our churches to pray everywhere all over the place and so heather it's a privilege to get to have you here and introduce you to our podcast audience so awesome i'm super excited to be here we're glad you are so heather first of all tell us about yourself and um you know your husband your family what y'all do that kind of thing what we do Mm -hmm. um so i am from east tennessee i'm not a nashville native my husband is a Nashville native. Mm-hmm. We have been back here for about 15 years. Um, gymnastics is life for us. We met in a gymnastics facility. My husband still coaches gymnastics. My daughter is a competitive gymnast. We've been married for 15 years. And mm-hmm. as I said, we have one daughter. Her name's Sophia. Um, she is almost 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And we're just mm-hmm. living the dream in Thompson Station right now. <laughs> yes, you are. And I'm so glad y'all are living the dream as part of Thompson Station Church as yes, well. Ma'am. And we're excited to have you. And for those that are listening to us locally, um, Heather and Jeremy, really their gymnastics home is Let It Shine Gymnastics. Let It Shine Gymnastics. So a Christian gymnastics facility that's been around. My husband's been there except for two years for... 31 years. Wow, that's so, amazing. Y'all don't, don't look old enough to be anywhere oh, for 31 years. So kind, years. so kind. That's great. So, and my own granddaughter is going to learn to turn that cartwheel this year. Amen. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. So, anyway, I just knew locally it's such a popular gym that there would be many people that would be able to, to know about that. But what a lot of people, um, what a lot of people may not know about you is that you have been a public school teacher you have been a homeschooling mom, yes. and now you're about to be a tutorial teacher. Yes. So I just thought with this, our back-to-school um, series of episodes of our podcast, it would be really, really cool to hear from somebody that's been in all of these worlds yes. <laughs> from your perspective. So talk to me first about your your want to teach and like how oh, that came goodness. along in your life. Um, I think a lot of people feel the call to be a teacher and I definitely felt the call to be a teacher. Uh-huh. I was the kid that was always playing school. Okay. Um my teachers were my idols uh-huh. even when I was younger. Um the people I worked with when I was in college, they were my people. I had a really mm-hmm. cool connection that the lady I student taught with who is just like a pillar in my life. I actually got to end up working with her for like 4 or 5 years before she retired. So um 
the teachers were always my people. That's cool. And as I have grown and gotten older and I have figured out that teaching is my gift, mm-hmm. but perhaps teaching in a public school classroom is not where I want to be right now. Okay. And that's okay. And I think teaching being a gift also kind of like wandered through when I wanted to coach gymnastics for the rest of my life. So <laughs> that coaching and teaching thing, that's my gift. That's my heart. I'm just trying to figure out exactly where I want to use that. Right. Right now. Right. Very good. So you spent how many years teaching in the public school system? I was, I taught for seven years in public school. And then I took a year off and I homeschooled my daughter. And Uh that all kind of, it was a COVID silver lining and kind of happened when COVID started. And I was like, remote school is not what's going to be best for her. Uh-huh. And then after that went through, um, I found an opportunity with a former parent that I taught her children mm-hmm. that we're going to start this new tutorial locally. So I will get to teach in the classroom with other people's kiddos three days a week. And then mm-hmm. my daughter will still be a part of it. So it's like the best of both worlds. That's great. So. You've landed in that place for right now. And that sounds yes. good. So what grade did you teach? I taught you were... second grade. Second grade. I taught, Yeah. Yeah. Fifth grade, off and on for the first year, and then second okay. grade for the last Okay. Seven. So what were some of the things that you really loved about the the public school experience as oh, a teacher? Gosh. Um, I loved all the families I got to meet. Okay. I love that even though in our county we're pretty similar, you still can meet lots of different people Yeah. when you pull that many neighborhoods together and that right. many families. Um, just connecting with those people. I think my other favorite part was having the same families year after year Uh like when you get the third one out of a family you're like yes like they know you you know them and those are like Mm -hmm. they're gonna be those kiddos that when you know 10 or 12 years from I'm like oh so-and-so's graduating like (laughs) I'm gonna be there so I think the connections I made with families was huge yeah um I think the things I learned about leading was really eye-opening and how um I think that's another one of my wheelhouses like I like to corral my people and support my people Mm -hmm. and lead my people Mm -hmm. um so yeah how um as a teacher and thinking about being in that public school system and in a classroom every day you're working with all these different children from different families what are some of the things that teachers need us to be praying for them oh my gosh I need you to pray for all the things all the things all the things um (laughs) I think teachers in this day and time specifically need you to pray to protect them, Mm. to protect that actual individual and prayers of protection over their family because Mm. they're all children of God first. They're Mm -hmm. mamas, they're wives, they're sisters and daughters, and so many teachers or husbands because we do have male teachers Uh um, and dads. So many of them put everything else on the back burner and they are just in their classroom Mm. and they put all of that first. So just praying protection over them that they have other, other facets of life that they need Mm. to meet those people's needs. Um, Hang on right there for one second, because I want to know, I was just thinking about a new teacher I know who's getting ready to teach her first year, mm-hmm. and how much time has gone into her, and she's very excited, you know, getting her yeah, ready and all that kind of thing, but um, for a teacher, what does a normal work day look like? Oh my goodness. Once school actually starts, so I'm not talking about anything before, 
like, you know, the very first mm-hmm. day. So once you're getting there at least an hour early. Okay. It's like, let's say if school starts at 7.30, you or 8.30, you better be there by 7.30. Okay. Your, make, your room's already ready the night before because you stayed late the night before. Because that's sure normal, right? Right. Um, you're teaching all throughout the day. You're hoping you get time off for lunch, that you're not working on something mm. or something didn't pop up that you need that needs your attention. Recess. All the specials. Then at some point, an hour during the day, you're planning for the rest of the week. You're planning for the mm-hmm. next day. You have parent meetings. You have meeting with your administrator. So it's nonstop until the kids leave. And then once the kids leave, you have like 20 or 30 minutes to get them out of the building. Mm-hmm. And then you're staying after and you're grading papers and you're cleaning up your room. And you're making sure you don't need to adjust anything for the next day. Or you're learning new curriculum that just came out that you're not really comfortable with. Um, constantly trying to recreate the wheel and make it the best it can be for your children. Wow. And that changes every year because you get a different different yeah. class every year. And then maybe if you have a child, making sure that child's ready to go for their after-school activities and mm-hmm. go home and be a mom and be a wife and try to go to bed before midnight and start all over. It's a lot. And it- then get home and answer all the emails because they tell you, like, you know, try not to answer your email. I was always the teacher that was answering emails at 1130 at night. Because as a mama, I would want a teacher to answer my email, Mm -hmm. you know, if it was on my heart and I needed an answer and I felt like they needed to know something. So Mm -hmm. it's nonstop. So I think that's something for us to be very aware of. That if we've got kids going back to school and we're meeting these teachers and we Mm -hmm. love our teachers, but then it's hard too because Mm -hmm. a teacher has that class full of kids. The only info parents get well, I guess the information that we carry the most weight is whatever the child tells us, which oh, has absolutely. been filtered through their experience, whatever, mm-hmm. and all those things going on. And then you've got all the high-level political type stuff that goes mm-hmm. on in public school system. Yeah. And we forget that our our educators themselves, the teachers that are the frontliners, you know, the ones that are mm-hmm. in the classrooms are putting in these kind of hours. Like, mm-hmm. we, we think of school hours, you know, they go, they come home. But you're up and there and in, and you've got work that's continuing. Mm-hmm. This is five days a week, mm-hmm. all the time, throughout the time. And yeah. so it's, I think that just that, it could be something that we as parents can be mindful of and be praying for our teachers. Like you're saying, protection and balance and yeah. um, and wisdom and... Um, and- being gracious. Yeah. I mean, yeah. praying for yourself to be gracious right. with your kids' teachers. With your teachers. And vice versa. Yeah. Like praying for those teachers. And realize to they're just real people. They're not like, mm-hmm. you know, in a separate world, little robots that don't get their feelings hurt or whatever. You know, exactly. I can just see how all that's very stressful. And so um, you've kind of implied it already with, with sharing how their typical day is but what was the key factor in deciding to oh, not teach in the public school for anymore me to leave um I went I started a new school and I thought it was going to be awesome and it just didn't lots of things were kind of off but I was trying to make it work I think the the straw that broke the camel's back so to speak was definitely when I started to figure out that my own child was not getting the best of me. Mm. Um, I mentioned earlier my husband coaches gymnastics. Yeah. So he is with kids six days a week. So he right. has 600 kids that, you know, yeah. get the best of him all the time. And then mm. every year I had 20, 22 of my own students, and they got the best of Heather. Mm. 
So when it kind of hit me that my own daughter wasn't getting the best of me or the best of her dad, yeah, and everybody else in South Williamson County yeah. was, it was kind of like, whoa. Yeah. And I don't think my personality, like I couldn't just like pull back and not do this for my classroom or mm-hmm. not you know, not have this ready. Like I couldn't be, there wasn't like a 50% version of me as a teacher. It's either 150 or zero. Yeah. Um, and knowing that she was the most important at that Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. and going to bat for her. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it was life altering and I was sad to do it, but all my parents that I had that year, they're like, no, I get it. Like she's your child. Just like these are our children. Right. So, and we all want the best for our own kids. So. Well, I want to applaud you in that because I it was think, hard. It was so hard. But it's so powerful. And mm-hmm. I think all mamas need to be able to hear that when we feel that tug on our hearts, a lot of times that can be the voice of God reminding oh, us that this is the one I gave you, or these mm-hmm. are the three or the five or the eight yeah. <laughs> to those mamas that have done way more than I have. Yeah. But, um, and then to be like, I actually, in another episode, we're going to, you all can hear my interview with Sally Burke, who's the president of Moms in Prayer International, which is really way cool, uh, prayer groups that pray over the schools and teachers. But Heather, one of the things she said about her decision when she had children to quit work, and she built space shuttles. She was an engineer (laughs) building space shuttles, and she was like, it was way easier to build a space shuttle than it was to rear children. And I knew that anybody could do that, but only I could be their mother. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is like, you're like, anybody can teach a class full of kids. Like that mm-hmm. probably went on in your mind a little, but only I can be Sophia's mother. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for all of us to remember. I know that mm-hmm. when my children were young, I'm, I'm like, we are very similar, uh, in personality and you're just a hundred percent in and mm-hmm. you're going now you're nothing and of course mine's in ministry and always has been in church and I was really challenged thinking about how Jesus had his 12 and then he had his three and I'm like who are my three and I was walking <laughs> with the Lord and I said who are my three and very distinctly not audibly but in my heart as loud as God could say he said Michael Kaylee and TJ and those mm. were my three children and I went ah oh, yeah, that's so true. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a good reminder for all of us who are moms to recognize that our children are a huge call on, on, mm-hmm. on our hearts. And, and our first, well, our second. Well, it is, yeah. We're really our third, Jesus, your husband <laughs> you and your go. child. Get it all straight. That's so true. So good. So then you came home. Now tell us about your homeschooling experience. How did oh, that go? Oh, goodness. Um, I didn't share this earlier, but my husband was homeschooled. Okay. Um, kindergarten through eight. And then I had a different experience. I was a really small, like, rural elementary school, and I was identified as gifted as a super smart. Well, that does not surprise me. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, that school didn't fit my needs, so I went to, like, a college prep, like, middle school and high school private. So my husband and I could not have come from more opposite <laughs> educational <laughs> backgrounds. So, right. um that has a lot to do with our decision. So I had left the classroom. Sophia went to our local public school. COVID hit. Um, I was not a fan of the online. Um, and they're like, we're going to go remote. And I was like, that's the worst thing ever. Like mm. me as a mama, me as an educator, like, no. Mm-hmm. And I literally, Jeremy and I prayed about it. And we we're like, if they decide that her grade level is going remote, 
I'm going to homeschool her. Mm -hmm. And, like, we prayed about it for a week and a half, two weeks. And we sat there and held hands, and we Mm -hmm. watched our director of school say, so-and-so's grade's going remote. And I'm like, okay, we're in. (laughs) Um, But who better to homeschool her and to teach her than me? She had one-on-one instruction. Like, I went to college for it. I think I'm pretty good at it. Uh Um, And I couldn't have done it without Jeremy's support because he was like, no, like, this is your thing, dude. I think it's great. Um, everything that kind of like bothered him about homeschool is not what homeschool is in mm. 2020 or 2021. So um, we did a whole year at home because we had so many COVID protocols last year. And then towards the end of the year, last school year, um, I heard of a filmer parent that was starting a tutorial. And I was like, oh my goodness, great. Because my friends were telling me I was being a gift squanderer because I wasn't teaching mm. anybody my own child. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted Soph around. Um, some more kiddos, peers mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis, not just being with me, mm-hmm. but also having some other teachers in her life that I know are going to be fantastic, and mm-hmm. they're like-minded, and I'm just, I couldn't be more excited about what this school year is going to be. That's so. great. That's great. Yay. So, back to the, was there anything, like, had you talked to other homeschoolers and gotten any kind of input? I mean, I think it's really funny, like, people who've known me for a while and they're like, oh, you know, Heather's a school teacher. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Heather's homeschooling. Like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Because I was like the, I carried the little public school teacher flag and mm-hmm. that was me. And I have done a 180. Yeah. But I had a few friends who already homeschooled. Uh-huh. Um, one of my really close friends is homeschooled for a couple of years due to one of her children having some health issues. And so I kind of, like, gauged it with her. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, I think I get this. But honestly, I think the best thing is just to, like, jump in. Uh-huh. Like, you've got to make sure you, like, have an umbrella school and you have, like, your ducks in a row for right. documents with your school district and things like that. But other than that, find some curriculum that is what you want your child to mm-hmm. learn. Go on some field trips. Let them mm-hmm. help you choose some things because that's the cool part. You get to do what they want to do. That's good. That sounds really good. And focus on what they're really talented at. So um, don't get overwhelmed and hop right in. And make sure you do have somebody that's gone through it before. Like I would not suggest just jumping into homeschool blindly at the same time. Because yeah, that's good. My best friend is a perfect, like, right. well, full of wisdom homeschool mama. So... It helped me take the plunge, I think, for sure. So your best piece of advice to somebody if they're thinking about homeschooling is to... Find you a friend. That's good. Yep. (laughs) I mean, there's tons, like, it can be a real person friend, or Uh there's tons of Facebook groups and Instagram, and, I mean, The beauty of homeschooling now is it is so different than when we were coming up. And every, it is a viable option, and so many people Mm -hmm. are homeschooling. And I know that many of our listeners are homeschooling, maybe considering homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I applaud that. I think there's so much opportunity with um, curriculum choices and having that that time with your children flexibility for yeah. your schedule it's it's changed our you life can vacation anytime you can <laughs> I love it yes. I love it and avoid the crowds yeah. unless of course homeschooling takes on like it does and I imagine right. it's probably increasing <laughs> yeah all like the if time you, if you check statistics even across the country it's definitely it's had its mm-hmm. biggest increase in the past. Mm-hmm. What, 18 months than it has? And I know that we have a homeschool co-op, which you were just Mm -hmm. talking about the difference Mm -hmm. between that and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So explain that difference to our listeners. Homeschool, there's like three different ways you can do it. So 
traditional homeschool would be like you homeschool in your home with your children. Mm-hmm. That's traditional homeschool. Mm-hmm. Then you have another little hybrid, and you call it a co-op. So a co-op would be people that gather together that are homeschooling their children using the same curriculum, and they probably meet like once or twice a week, and everybody that's involved comes together and they teach the kids. Mm-hmm. So everybody's involved has to put forth some effort mm-hmm. for the greater good. Mm-hmm. And then there's another hybrid version, which is my personal favorite, mm-hmm. is a tutorial. So a tutorial is a group of homeschooling families that are all using the same curriculum. Nine times out of ten, you've got licensed teachers or at least mm. people that are, you know, their degree is something to do with education. Uh-huh. They've been in education for a long time. And you're meeting two two days a week usually, mm-hmm. and somebody else is teaching your child. And then the other days of the week, the two to other three days of the week, you're responsible for kind of filling in those lessons. So right. I think tutorial's the best of both worlds. Yeah, it sounds good. So Right. And then that it's takes It's almost the, like part-time private school, like two or three days okay, a week is kind of how I look at it. Yeah. And then your children themselves have to learn a little bit of self motivation and getting it going because Mm -hmm. they're responsible along with you double checking but they're responsible for managing their time and making it work and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing and so they get really the best of both worlds as they get the social interaction Mm -hmm. you get teaching from people who teach and (laughs) all that kind of good thing and it's a good transition too because like every year for every child and every family like are we going to homeschool are we going to private school are we going to public school what are we doing so like it's a good, like, in-between, because I know a lot of people are in-between right now. They yeah. pulled out of public school, they're doing this, but maybe in a few years they want to go back, so yeah. it's a good halfway. Good Let's go back to talking, since this is a prayer podcast, let's talk about <laughs> how parents can pray um, about that, how how they pray in making that decision, like, um, yeah, like... You know, mm. is is what precipitates that? I'm, I'm thinking, let me think out loud while I'm okay. giving you a chance to uh, put your thoughts together. But I'm thinking that if all's going well and your child is thriving and everything's mm-hmm. smooth, then I wouldn't even think you have to pray about a decision like that. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking what would precipitate it is something's not going smoothly. Mm-hmm. Somebody's struggling. You're struggling internally mm-hmm. because of something that you're not settled with. And so that's what causes you to be like you know what I need to start praying about this mm-hmm. and then as you're praying about it um how do you invite God to just begin to speak into your life to help you know what to do I think it was something that we had to come to the realization that even though we thought me in a classroom and her at school with me was what it was always going to be mm-hmm. like the best laid plans they're not his plans they were our plans that's good to every year be open to maybe that's not it because mm-hmm. we kind of get stuck in our little rut and like oh it is fine but is mm-hmm. it really mm-hmm. or sitting there and thinking like are we the best family unit we can be mm-hmm. based on what mommy's doing for a job or what daddy's yeah. doing for a job and what schooling Sophia's having so right. we all just kind of go with the flow and everything's great mm-hmm. and I think COVID kind of smacked us all back in reality we're like we don't really have to do that schedule. We mm. don't really have to do this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, sacrifices are made, of course, mm-hmm. like financially and time, but, like, mm-hmm. it's only a season for your child. That's do you know good. what I mean? Like, we're not going to get those years back. Right. So why not do it right, right now? But just making sure you're checking in yeah, and keeping it in the back of your mind that 
he's gonna he's gonna, like I would say he throws little pebbles right and mm. then it, he starts throwing rocks and like I felt like he dropped a universe on my head <laughs> and I was like okay I got you got it. we'll yeah. do that yeah but just keeping it on the back burner making sure you're checking in and making sure you're keeping that a part of something you're praying about on a That's consistent good. basis every year and I think also um and just thinking about hearing God's voice at all it's important when we're praying to spend some time just being really really quiet yes. and not being afraid because I think that that sometimes we forget that part like we're letting God know how our heart feels but we need to learn how to be real still and real quiet so that we can hear what God's saying to us and then not being afraid to like just jot down the thoughts that are coming to your mind Mm -hmm. or the feelings that are coming to your heart like becoming aware of that and some people may be like whoa you're getting a little crazy out there Leanne but I'm just saying if it's just coming out of you then you're like Lord I don't know this may be just me but if it's you just keep confirming it and God Mm -hmm. is really good about um, letting you know he wants you to know what he wants you to do mm-hmm. and another way that God speaks to me sometimes when I'm trying to make a big decision like that would be a big decision where my children are going to school because mm-hmm. if you think about it it's the majority of their life when they're growing up yep. it's Monday through Friday full-time mm-hmm. and even church is only what three hours a week mm-hmm. or something like that so it's big and um, it's your best part of your day because you might spend more time with your family but most of that's sleeping so yep. <laughs> Where you go to school is big. And um, I think that it would be reasonable if you're in the Word on a daily basis, you're having your quiet time, you're reading the Bible, you're praying about this, that God would probably give you Scripture that would help you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, what the answer to that is. And He'll move it together like that. And so um, it's good. And then the way you know that it was the right decision is once you've made it, the peace that comes with it, right? Oh my goodness, overwhelming peace. Yeah, that's good. Or like something even better than you could have imagined. I love that. For like you and your child and your family. that's good. That's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so tell us how you and Jeremy are teaching Sophia how to pray. Sophia, who's over there listening to us. Yeah, it's all good. (laughs) Um, I think we have tried to model it. I think so many, not me for example, but I know a lot of other people have so many like memories of watching your mom pray or watching your dad have quiet time or a grandparent. And like, I think the best way I know the best way she learns because she's mine Mm -hmm. is she learns by watching us and like emulating us. So I think we've tried to make sure we're morning quiet time people. But I think a lot of times with our kiddos, um, we do the bedtime prayers and the dinner blessing and that's it. Yeah. And that's not what it's about, trying to, like, mm. initiate, like, we pray all the time. That's good. Like, you start your day with prayer. Yeah. You come forth, and you, you're thankful, and you're like, wow, like, this is how we start, or, like, praying for some friends through the day. Like, what, who do we need to pray for today? And that's making good. sure you're praying for others. Um, but not just sticking to the the dinner and the bedtime prayer. Yeah, that's good. So Even though, and if you don't do dinner and bedtime, you could start yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great place to start. Right, especially and, the dinner. I mean, you know, because... And letting her pray. Those are funny. Good. We, yeah. tr- we don't correct the prayers, but right. maybe after we're like, hey, did... Yeah. Let's talk about that, or did you pray for this person? Because we try to talk and make a list I before we pray it. to kind of... Yeah, yeah. Keep it kind of focused mm-hmm. and intentional. Because we get nervous and we scatter. yeah. yeah. 
Two things I love is, um, and I'm thinking about just children in general at this stage of life when you've got elementary age children. And I love elementary age children. Like <laughs> They are fave. so much fun. I love preschoolers because they're so cute, but they're a <laughs> lot of work. And I love teenagers because they're so challenging. But elementary, <laughs> man, that is like childhood at its best. Yep. And um, we really ambitioned when my children were growing up, when they were young, to sit down and have a family meal together. Uh, we failed royally once they all got involved playing sports which I have a, a well and you have a hard time with we that don't, because we don't of your husband's work schedule 8 30 or 9 every night yeah do y'all all sit down together great. yes because we can sleep in that's um, so good we try okay. it's not every night well, that's good that's good because I'm now on a rampage and people don't know I'm on this rampage because <laughs> I'm really more passionate about prayer than I am about this but on this side of growing my kids up, mm-hmm. I think that one of the single most important things we could do in our homes is reestablish the dinner table. Oh, yes. And actually sit together as a family mm-hmm. and have dinner. There's something about the connecting there. Yeah. There's something about the eating and sharing the meal and sharing the day and talking. And um, I have great memories of the family table growing up. Mm-hmm. My mom, when we got older and couldn't do it at night, she got us up early and we had a family breakfast yes. table. It might be why breakfast is my favorite meal to this day. That's commitment. Yeah, it really was. And so I'm really trying on my second go-round since I've got my grandchildren living <laughs> in my home with us for us to begin doing that. It's on my ambitious list for mm-hmm. this year. But I think it's really important. And so when children see modeled like the blessing, for instance, and mm-hmm. not just letting that be like what you're saying, it's not just a rote thing but letting it become a meaningful um, experience of understanding why it is we're thankful and taking time to be thankful and you know and then even beginning to pray for specific people and specific things and seeing what God does in their lives that's what the prayer clinic's all about mm-hmm. is praying specifically so that we can see God answering specifically that's the other thing I was going to say like discussing afterwards like have we seen a prayer being answered that's good yeah. that's huge for them that's huge it's huge for us yes, too it right is. it's good yay well thank you <laughs> you're welcome you're like the all-round educator oh you've done so it sweet. in all different so ways sweet. <laughs> so that's good okay well guys i just want to encourage you as our kids are starting back to school pray for your teachers recognize that they are more than full-time and encourage them i'm just gonna i want to pray for us right now so yes, close ma'am. Out. how about that lord i just thank you for heather i thank you for sophia and jeremy her family god i thank you for um this perspective on being an educator in all the different ways. And God, we do. We just lift up our educators right now, our principals and office personnel and lunchroom personnel and the bus drivers and everybody connected to school as schools are about to start again. God, we just lift up moms who are going to be homeschooling for the first time. Maybe some dads out there that are participating in it as well. But Lord, mostly we just are inviting you to bless our homes, bless our families. God, um, allow us to make time for that family dinner table and lord um teach us to pray teach us to teach our children to pray and god let this be just the best year of school ever (laughs) in our lives in the lives of these parents and teachers and children in jesus name we pray amen 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 encouragement that we've shared today I'm Leanne McCoy, founder of the Prayer Clinic Ministry, and I'm on a mission to mobilize our churches to pray. Don't forget that when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. Check out the show notes for today's episode to um, 
get access to any of the links connected to our guest or uh, connected with the prayer clinic ministry. I look forward to being with you next time. Keep on praying, my praying people.